Everybody, what's up? And welcome to the Commit First Show. Today on the show, we have Tevi Hershorn. Tevi is just an amazing entrepreneur, father of five, and he has so many things going on. He's an author of children's books, and, and he has always the projects going on. And that's all while he has also kind of like a day job or also an employee working for AppSumo with Noah Kagan. So if you know Noah Kagan, and, and Tevi is just like, we didn't talk about him being such a master networker because we just talked about so many other things which are related to being a father and an entrepreneur. We talked about parenting, about how to raise growth-minded children, how to raise them to deal with money and what Tevi does to do that. Uh, we talked about how to deal with the differences between kids and how to lower kind of like the pressure on them from our own expectations. We talked about spirituality. Tevi is religious. So he prayers three times a day. Like he has a lot of time. And also one full day of the week is Shabbat for him. So he doesn't work. So how does he achieve everything? How does he stay productive? We talked about that as well. We talked about so many things. This is a great show for me, at least. It was great talking to Tevi. I hope you guys will enjoy it as well. This is a format, kind of like a different format on the show where there was not a specific structure to it. I hope you guys liked it. And if you do, please let me know after that. I would love to hear your thoughts. And don't forget, if you like this show, one, share it with someone that is also a father and entrepreneur. And two, please rate us on iTunes. That means the world because more people will get exposure to the show. And it just means the world to me if you can write it on Apple Podcasts. All right, guys, thank you so much and enjoy the show. Let's begin. Welcome to the Commit First podcast, the show for father entrepreneurs uh, to kind of like find ways in order to, you know, how we find ways to achieve happiness in life and for our kids and families and be the heroes of our journeys and our family's journey. So, um, Tevi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sagi. Bro, definitely. And um, so context to everybody here. Tevi and I are good friends uh, for, we've been friends for about like, you know, like we've known each other for like more than 10 years, I think, um, at least, at least seven. I don't know. Like it's, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, we're, we're just like, uh, in the same kind of high tech, uh, startup scene, whatnot, um, community here in Israel. Um, Tevi is from basically about an hour and so away from, from my place. Although, it seems in Israel, it's, it's far, it's considered far, but, <laughs> but every once in a while, he holds these like amazing barbecues for the community. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. So I got to, um, enjoy St. Tevi just a few times in the past, uh, couple of years. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, Tevi is a father of five and he's, um, also a career oriented person, goal oriented person, growth mindset oriented person. Um, book reader, avid book reader, also a children's book creator, which is now bringing me to the second thing, like about Tevi is like, or the third thing is like an entrepreneur. Um, and he's got a couple of um, things he's working on. Uh, he's also working with uh, um, his, his day job is Noah K is working with Noah Kagan, right? Um, in uh, app, not yeah, sumo. App sumo, yeah. Um, and um so if you guys don't know Noah no, Kagan, he's just really a badass <laughs> entrepreneur as well. Um, and um, before that, Tevi worked with Envision and then 
and great companies. Um, he's also a consultant for, for startups. And, and so Debbie, you do a lot of things. Uh, let's start with that. Um, like, and we just talked about like working from home kind of, you work from home. Um, right. Yeah. I, I've been remote for like nine years. Um, maybe, maybe longer, but, uh, yeah, I, I well before it was popular. Yeah. And, and, and people don't basically, so five kids, right. It's, it's a lot of kids to have in house when you're working <laughs> from home. Um, how do you manage to stay focused? Like what, how do you do that? Well, it was really hard during COVID lockdowns. It was, it was insane during COVID lockdowns. In some yeah. ways I was able to make it work even better because I would, I would help with the homeschooling in the morning and then I would work more later in the evening. Um, now that everyone is thankfully back in school for the most part, um, it, it's been a lot easier. I, I, <laughs> it's been like, my daughter has been home with strep. So it's been like, it's, it's never, it's never a hundred percent attendance, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to set boundaries. I, I have, I'm lucky to have like my own home office so I can close the door and I could, I could, you know, specify my schedule. I discussed with my wife, my wife is awesome by the way. And, and I don't know how people do it as in a single parent household. Um, but that's certainly a lot of credit to her that, that she handles things when I'm not available and I am working. So just, I'm working from home. This was a difficult family conversation to have was just because I'm home doesn't mean that I'm not working. So being clear right. about hours and boundaries, what was important. So like right now, yeah. while I'm on the podcast, my door is locked and, and kids are starting to come home from school to mm. late afternoon here. So, so she's managing the, the dinner stuff during the podcast. Cool. And, and so um, regarding, and I know like, there's so many ways we can take this because I know uh, I, I have talked to your son and I've seen like his growth mindset. And um, when we did talk to him, um, you told me it was work. It took work to get into a growth mindset. But what do you mean by that? I think the biggest thing that I work with my kids on, not all my, it's fine, five kids, everyone's different. Everyone's a unique, like special character with their own talents and skills and strengths and, right. and uh, abilities. So it's, they're not all the same, but a couple of them would often say, I can't about things. And I always mm-hmm. like tried to say, like, don't say I can't, say, how can I? Maybe right now you can't, but, but how can you, is it, is it possible? Like just to reframe the problem in a different way was a way to get them to think about things differently in a way that they could tackle the, the challenge. Hmm. So I think that's like the number one thing that, that I try to okay. not talk to my kids on. Right. Whereas my other kids, like um, my, my youngest, she, she literally turned four yesterday. She's really oh, cute. Nice. Um, Happy birthday. So she'll thank you. She'll, she'll actually both my girls. Um, they're, they're, they have no problem trying something and failing. They'll, my my ten year old daughter, she she'll like spend hours trying to do like a handstand or something, and and she'll just go for it. Maybe she'll get hurt, whatever, but she'll yeah. just go for it. And uh, actually, my my uh, two of my boys are a little bit more uh, like they're fearful and, and anxious, and and they're not going to try stuff if they don't know that they can do it. So mm-hmm. trying to reframe that problem is like a big part of that. Love it. And and how do you how do you deal with um does it ever occur that you get frustrated with like when one of them can't really, they say I can't and they're doing something and the rest of the kids are already doing it. And you're like, come on, man. Like, you know, we need to get out of here. I don't know. Like whether it's a bike trip or anything like that. And one of them lagging behind and complaining, how do you deal with that? It 100% happens. And sometimes I get frustrated and it's my failing. If I do, Um, I have to be patient. Sometimes you have to be a little bit firm and be like, all right, well, you know, 
this actually happened. You mentioned bike trip that actually once happened. We were all on a bike trip and uh, I had like a, a trailer with, with the two little kids in the back. And then there were two bigger ones with me. The, the baby didn't come with me at that one. Um, so I had four kids out and, and the second oldest, like, didn't want to take a hill. He was afraid to like, you know, bike up this hill in the mountains. Hmm. And I'm like, fine, I know you could do it. Like, it, it's totally fine. But for some reason he just had this mental block and hmm. he didn't want to do it. And I'm like, all right, listen, we got to go. You know, I know you can do it. I'm going to go a little slow. You, you need, you should catch up with us. Don't stay here by yourself. And, and maybe that's a bit harsh. I don't know if that was the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> I went up like just around the bend and I stopped, I like waited. So I didn't really go too far. He wasn't really by himself. And I just like waited a few minutes yeah. and uh, then he comes up and he was a little like, you know, he was mad at me. I'm like, so you did it. And if I really wasn't far, I don't know. I, I sometimes question that, that choice, but I don't know, you got to sometimes push people out of their comfort zone and uh, yeah. you know, see what they can accomplish. Sometimes let go. You know, you can't always give in to, a kid that says they can't do something when especially they can do it mm-hmm. and you can't always like protect them from everything. So try right. to try to safely, safely get that, that leash a little bit loose and see what they can do. You know, what's one thing I've been trying to focus on recently. <clears throat> I mean, I've been always kind of trying to focus, but I really like noticing I'm really trying to be aware of it is like, how can I raise them to growth mindset and to be successful and everything like that? And to push them in the right direction without letting them know, not without without um, giving the perceived notion that I have expectations from them. Meaning like, I want them to be raised without thinking that they always have to make me satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like mm-hmm. I want them to not have my shadow over their growth and, um, and not to see... You, you know what I'm saying, right? Not to seem harsh. Like, yeah, not, not to feel the pressure of your, your like, you know... You know, like you have to satisfy your father and like, you know, be all he expects from you and put pressure on them. Like, I just don't want them to grow with that pressure. Um, I, I totally hear that. It's a, that's a tricky balance. I don't have an answer for you. Um, <laughs> my wife and I always say like, we, we have high expectations, but high support. And we tell our kids directly, like we have high expectations, but we also have high support. Mm. And some things like we don't, like try to be like, for example, I'm trying to teach my, my two older kids about investing in the stock market. So mm-hmm. I don't want to wow. like show them. How <laughs> <laughs> you are you teaching them how to invest in the stock market? Four, 14 and 12. Um, can you teach so, me? <laughs> <laughs> we can. So I, actually one of them, um, so they both signed up to like a, a investing simulator on mm. investing.com. It's pretty cool. It gives you like, cool. I think a hundred thousand dollars of like fake money to, to play with it. In a wow. Fake this is really cool. And it's, it's as if you're like, I didn't know that in the market, wow. you could buy and trade and, and you can look up stocks and it's like a very cool way to like play the game and like learn about it. No way. And so I signed them up for that and I basically don't tell them anything unless they ask. Um, I gave them, I gave them a couple of books that they could read. I mean, I you see I have a bunch of books back here. Some of them are, are investing. Yeah. I've got um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and investing. Oh, um, it's called um, Intelligent Investor by, by uh, not Paul Graham, uh, Ben Graham. He was like the teacher of Warren Buffett. It's a very, very thick, heavy book. Um, my, my oldest wanted to try to read it. He didn't finish it. <laughs> but basically letting, letting them explore that area because there's no... Yeah. Uh, there's no requirement for school for it. There's no, like, I don't have any need for them to know how to invest right now. 
but to get them to just like get their feet wet and start exploring is, is important. So some things maybe don't have high expectations and some things, you know, be clear you do have high expectations. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to take this just a bit deeper down the rabbit hole of parenting and then we're, we'll get out of parenting for a second, <laughs> but just regarding like, so for instance, how do you teach them about um, money in general? If they don't want to, because for instance, like my, my, um, my kids, I find just, they don't want to work. And I'm like, I want to give you chores and I want you, you know, some chores that will, you know, be for, for money, for return for money. They don't really care. Um, so I'm like, I'm trying to switch it up with like, I'll buy you Pokemon cards for my son. And it's like, that sounds cool. But then it, he never does what I asked him to do. You know, it's like, um, how, what do you do in order to teach them about money? Work. So it's funny. My, my, my kids are all different again in this regard. My, my eight-year-old yeah. son, money doesn't inspire him at all. He'll yeah. do anything for candy and he won't do <laughs> anything to, you can't do anything to get him to eat a vegetable. Like literally I will give you a million dollars. I won't touch that vegetable. Like he, nothing can motivate him to eat a vegetable. He doesn't want to, and he would do pretty much anything for candy except for eating a vegetable. <laughs> and we, we tried to do allowances, um, and for the most part, like he, he will do it because he knows he wants us to be happy, but the money is not the motivator. And then sometimes things will come up and he's just a sweet, he's such a, like a, a little golden heart. He's such a sweet, sensitive boy. He's literally given away all of his money a few times, like, cause he felt bad. Someone was sad. He gave him all of his money or his, uh, his, whatever he, well. <laughs> so he, he, he's only eight. So we got some time, but um, yeah. my older three, they understand they've been trying to work at it. Um, so it's funny, my, my 12 year old started a, a business binding books, binding that was books. like binding books. Wow. So, so there's a lot of schools and, and, and yeah. uh, synagogues yeah. around here. So, um, he, I, I got him like these special tapes and, and the tools for book binding and an old drill. So mm. he drills a hole in it. He does the special tape and he, wow. he ties, um, like nylon thread through the binding to hold it in tight. Oh, whatever. There's like a little uh, <laughs> technique there. Yeah. So I, I found him like videos on how to do it on, on YouTube. And he, the first few books, he, he got frustrated. He wanted to quit. Then he got a, a, a I spoke to the synagogue. They announced they're trying to like refurbish their, their library. And uh, I said, Hey, yeah, my son's actually binding some books and here's five that he's done. And that first project, he almost, again, almost gave up. But then like once I said, Hey, let's, let's talk about it. Let's understand what the challenges are. Like, why do you think you can't do it? Wouldn't it be nice to make all this money? And we kind of just like talked out the pros and cons of all of them. And we got past it. Now he's actually made, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shekel uh, <laughs> running this book binding business. And, and he's wow. developed more of a habit of, of like when to pick up the books and, and how to, you know, log, you know, catalog, catalog what he's been working on and, and keep track and all that. Um, so I think there's, there's just, each kid has to be dealt with differently in how to work with money, but I'm trying to like get each one to work on things in their own way and, and just to get a better understanding while, while, the, while the older ones working more on trying to understand investing and like, that's the thing that interests him more, the research part, understanding the companies behind stocks. So <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I'm always like uh, fascinated by how kids like, you know, I guess you just have to find them take them in the right path and also have them find the curiosity to kind of, you know, match, um, because they're curious by nature, 
but then I, yes, I think that curiosity, that's key because my, my 12 year old, he's more hands-on with stuff. So I felt like, like doing a, a job that he could just do repeatedly and get paid for that was more satisfying to him because he got to work with his hands as opposed to my oldest, who's more cerebral and bookish and, and he yeah. likes to think more deeply about things. So for him, investing is kind of a, a different, more, um, it drives his curiosity more. Yeah. Got it. Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm noticing mine are, um, so, it's, so the older one, she's nine. Um, and I'm no, the oldest one nine. is 14. No, no, I'm saying like my, my oldest one, I'm, ah, saying, okay. I'm, I'm noticing. So I'm noticing she's, um, a creative kind of like me and I give her a job to, um, document my receipts to kind of like scan them <laughs> with my phone. It's a very simple job. She yeah. couldn't get through like five. She's like, oh my God, that, that's to- so terrible. I can't do it. I'm like, you just, you just have to scam with the phone. What do you, what's so hard? That, no, no, I just can't, can't. Said, no. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine, fine. I get it. You're like, and, but she loves to draw and she loves to, you know, play, you know, she plays the, the piano now and like the, the, the violin and stuff. So she's like, I, nice. I get it. She's a creative. Fine. I mean, she's like me. I get it. <laughs> I, maybe I should give her like, I don't know, to start a YouTube channel or whatnot. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, anyways. Okay. Fine. Kids. And um, yeah, it, it should be, each kid is different. I think that's kind of like the highlight. What here. about using her, her artistic skills to like create something and, and get paid for that? Maybe like it's, it's cards that she could print for, for holidays and birthdays or something, or, or um, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it because I'm not, I'm not, I just started kind of like, you know, thinking about giving her actual work, you know, like actually like for her to really work. Um, it's something that is kind of like a business, you know, a mini business. And I also let her run my, uh, be the CEO of our um, kids book, children's book that um, we're now publishing. So nice. she's been, she's been good with that. Um, and uh, we kind of like made a list of, um made a list of the people who can help us publish the book. The, the idea is like, this is a book about um, adopting a dog and a dog that was not adopted because he was the ugliest dog in the pound. And uh, everybody that came <laughs> to the pound did not adopt him because, you know, he was just the ugliest dog and he didn't give up and kept his uh, faith. And then at the end of the day, like, at, or at the end of the period, like they, he was adopted and found a family and everything. So um, because he didn't give up, he didn't give up faith. Awesome. Right. And hope. And so, um, so we said we will make it 90% uh, charity for SOS, the uh, pet uh, shelter. And, um, and 10% will go to Leah, to, to my daughter for, um, for like, you know, handling everything and being a CEO of this thing and selling the books. And so she made a list of, uh, first of all, people that can help us sell the book. And one of them was like, she wrote the boss of SOS, like, because she knows I, I donate to SOS. And, she, and um, we went to meet him and we met him and, she read the book out loud to him and he was very excited. And he said like, you know, you guys should just publish it and we'll sell it here on our adopting days and stuff. And um, yeah. And so right now it's kind of like, just, it's very close to publishing. So, you know, hopefully in an upcoming like month or two, this will be published and we'll start selling those. And she's like the CEO. I let her be the CEO. Um, But yeah, anyways, this is just, yeah, it's, it's a, okay. Children's awesome. Children's books. Let's let's get to that because you are an author of children's books. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. How's it going right now with this? Um, I I kind of paused a little bit on 
on, uh, I'm in the middle of my third book. So I wrote and illustrated two books. One of them is Samson, which is about a little boy who's, who struggles to be, to be little in the shadow of his older sister. Um, the other one is, uh, Miranda's big ideas, which is more about creativity and entrepreneurship for, for little kids. Um, they, they did well for a while when I was, when I was focused on it, um, you know, made a few thousand dollars profit, which was nice. The, the real, the thing for me was just as a creative outlet to kind of put stuff out there. And I figured, you know, if I, if I can keep chipping away at getting these books out there, then if in 10 or 15 years, I look back, I'm like, wow, I've got, you know, a dozen books to my name. That's pretty cool. So um, that, that was really my main, my main goal. And then maybe something could come of that and, and there could be additional, you know, business ideas associated with it, a you know, TV series or, or toys or who knows. Um, so I'm in the middle of my third book now. I kind of paused as I've been focusing more on this uh, startup that I've been working on. Um, but I really do want to continue on it. It just, this was more important that I wanted to focus on. So I, I, yeah. you have to constantly reprioritize what you're working on and it's yeah. just have a limited amount of time. For so let's talk about your startup. Yeah. So, so CBT buddy, um, it was started by two friends of mine and they came to me for some product and design help, mm-hmm. uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the main, I guess the main pitch is that today there are therapists out there who, um, are working with, with patients with cognitive behavioral therapy. They give them homework assignments to do. So some, there's a specific kind of therapy, CBT, which is more outcome focused is generally a shorter run of therapy, like, like eight to 12 weeks or 16 weeks to, to run a course of CBT. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might want to, let's say, reduce your anxiety about certain situations or, or overcome depression, um, OCD compulsions that you want to, you know, try to reduce. So CBT focuses on, on, on improving a specific outcome of your life. And the homework that you do is supposed to be exercises to, you know, whenever you're faced with a certain feeling or a certain thought, or you encounter a certain situation, you do this homework, which is kind of like to retrain your, your brain a bit and, and develop better habits and work on your responses to those things. So today therapists will print things out and, or email PDF, and then their patient comes back a week later and they say, well, did you do your homework? And then they spend, you know, half the session reviewing that homework or even if they didn't even do it at all, it's like now they're finding out they didn't do any homework that week. Mm-hmm. So there was no, there's no visibility and compliance generally drops off after a few, after a few weeks. Um, and then that stretches the timeline for actually successful CBT. So what we did is we created a way for therapists to build custom action plans for CBT and then invite patients to their specific action plan. And then the patients will get reminders for it. And therapists can see how frequently they are submitting their homework and they can review it during that week. So they have more visibility and then ultimately this improves compliance. Okay, so cool. we we just opened up to beta. We had our second round of beta a few weeks ago nice. um, and we're doing some more tweaks. And uh, actually, unfortunately, we had our developers were in the Ukraine and they mm. the whole war really really messed them up. One of them was able to flee safely to, to Germany. And the other one was able to go to the other side of the country, the Western part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they were really, they've really been shaken up. They're safe. Thank God. Um, but uh, it's been a bit of a challenge with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have also some Ukraine people that I'm working with and they're also like, you know, less productive nowadays, let's say. It's terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, so in terms of like CBD buddy, like what's your, 
what are you so passionate? Why or why are you so passionate about this specific like uh, project? So at, at first, you know, I wasn't sold on the project, and uh, you know, the two co-founders came to me and wanted me to like review this, this project and. I shot the holes in what they had built so far and basically challenged them to go back and verify their hypothesis and check things out. And they actually pivoted to the idea that I, that I talked about now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but once they proved that with real patients and, and therapists, and we, we did a lot of surveys and interviews with therapists, um, then, then I got more excited about the idea and thought, Hey, let's, let's help some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually, you know, as you know, before the call, I almost canceled today's podcast. Um, an old friend of mine, uh, 25 years, you know, he unfortunately he took his own life and a few days ago, and it, I, I almost canceled. But it, it, I realized that the same day that I found out, I was talking to someone else who didn't know about the situation, and, and he asked, you know, what was that post I saw on Facebook about CBT Buddy? And when I explained to him, you know, what I was working on with CBT Buddy, he said, "Wow, you could really save some lives um, mm. with what you're doing." And it's just like the 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 juxtaposition of, of the horrific event um, with, with my friend who, who's a father, um, you know, his kids now are, are orphans, um, coupled with, with this neighbor who's, who's like said, this sounds amazing. You could save people's lives. Like now this is a way more personal for me. And then I really just want to, mm-hmm. I want to help people. I think that this is a viable business mm-hmm. and it's worth getting into. And I think that could really help people stick, if they stick to their, if they do the work, if they stick to their program, I believe that there'll be much better outcomes. Got it. Nice. And uh, have you done, by the way, CBT like for anything? I have not, um, not specifically. I mean, I've always been, you know, with a design background and I've always been like in this growth oriented path. I'm always looking to create better habits for myself. And yeah. um, so I, I, I've not specifically done therapy or CBT, yeah. but I understand a lot of the, the, the processes and, and like yeah, yeah, the research sure. of building this, like now I've learned even more. So it's more yeah. self-guided. Interesting. Yeah, I, um, my wife has done uh, CBT on uh, her uh, be, her being afraid of flights. Um, so she had like flights anxiety, but it was mm-hmm. just before COVID. So we didn't fly since then anywhere. <laughs> she couldn't really use that. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, cool, cool. All right. So um, going back to this, let's recap. Tevi, how many things do you have going on in life right now? Like that's, you know, you're a startup, you like, you know, you're a um, consultant for some other startups. You're working at, you know, your full-time job with Noah Kagan, Absumo. Uh, uh, you're a children's book author, uh, which even if you're not working actively on a book, you still have those, right? It's, you know, you have to maintain it, right? Like you're in a community with other people. And like you, you showed me, like you guys even have like, your own community of authors and um and then you're also a father of five not one two three five kids um a husband right and also uh, um i mean you're also i mean religious so you have the the, the religious community meaning you go to the synagogue and, and you keep shabbat uh, meaning you don't work over the weekends uh to anybody who doesn't know what this means this means like tevi um here in israel our weekends are friday saturday and so Tevi, um, at about 4 p.m. every Friday, <laughs> shuts off completely without doing any no work phones, on his computer. No, no computer, cell phones, no, no computers. Yeah, nothing yeah. until Saturday night. Um, and then that's it. Weekend over. Like So no work on the weekends. Um, dude, how do you do it all? 
So I, I, I think that's important to, to set up your priorities and, and to bucket off your time. So I really only have two like businessy type of things that I'm working on. I, I consider my, my full-time job AppSumo and CBT buddy as like my main priorities right now. Um, the other things that come in, like a friend wanted help with, uh, you know, with his website and, uh, advising the startup, like those are like, when someone asks me, I can, I can give them a little time. Um, I can put in a little time if I'm feeling bored or I'm thinking about something else. Um, I can do it, but really the two priorities are, are AppSumo and CBT buddy. Mm-hmm. And the way I've structured my day is, is like the morning is devoted to, family and exercise and spirituality. I I pray three times a day. So I don't really start any work at all until probably like 1030 in the morning, maybe even 11. Um, I eat breakfast at 11. So I'm up at like six and I don't even eat until 11 o'clock. Intermittent fasting is another uh, separate conversation, but, but health is important (laughs) to me as well. So um, maybe I free up some time by not eating so frequently. I don't know, but um, (laughs) certainly not commuting saves a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, walking my child to my, my, my girls, I walk to school every morning. Um, that's, that's activity. It's like health benefit as well as parenting. So I'm, I'm coupling those tasks together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's important to just to bucket your time carefully and to prioritize ruthlessly. Prioritize ruthlessly. Love it. And, and when you, so in terms of like, um, because prioritizing, you know, it's one thing, but when you have a lot of things to do over the week, the day, and you want to get goals done, right? And uh, how do you deal with setbacks? Like, for instance, you know, kids are sick. You have to probably have a lot of, you know, doctor here, doctor there, therapy here, yeah. therapy there. It's kids, you know, and um, or or whatever events they have at schools. Um, how do you, again, like priority, sometimes it's not enough. Hundred percent. So this week, massive setback. You know, having to attend a friend's funeral was was tragic, and you know, nothing. That that is the most important thing. That was the biggest priority. So that that took time. Like I knew exactly what I was giving up to to be there for my friend's family. Um, I was giving up my exercise this morning because I was at his house, um, and I gave up sleep to attend the funeral while they're waiting for family to arrive from from abroad. Um, it's like that, that was something that I gave up. My daughter being home sick, you know, was strep. Another thing that impacted um, most of my family and stuff and also some work. So I try, you have to push, you have to reprioritize and push deadlines if you can. So for example, I, I messaged um, somebody and said, hey, you know, I know I, I was going to do this by, by Monday morning. This happened. I have to push the deadline. Is that okay? And make sure that people know that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't do everything all the time and you have to prioritize. And, and as long as you're aware of what you're giving up, instead of feeling like, oh man, I can't, I can't get control of this. Um, that over that get, makes you feel overwhelmed. Like you're not accomplishing your goals. But I think if you look back, like it's important to be there for your friend's family and for your daughter who's sick, like, yes, you, you have to do that. So you shouldn't feel bad about it. And I think that overwhelms stress feeling pulls you back even further. So you can't bounce back as hard. Yeah. So how do you avoid the overwhelm factor? Like sometimes do, do you get into overwhelm or do you, like, how do you get to a point where you're like calm and you're like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm here with my daughter right now. I, I'm not overwhelmed. You know, all the things that work at, oh, like it's nothing. I'm okay. I'm with my daughter. So first of all, my, my goal overall has, is not, it used to be productivity. I always wanted to be as productive as possible. I was listening to podcasts at 2x or one and a half x. And while I was exercising, so I'm getting so much done. I'm listening 
to so much and learning so much while taking care of my health. But I realized something crazy. I, and I told my wife about this later and she checked it as well. When I was listening to podcasts and audiobooks at 2X, my heart rate was elevated significantly more than at 1X. Huh. And, and I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. And, and I like switched back to 1X. I checked my heart rate. I got my, my smartwatch here. And it was like 12 points lower, 12 beats lower. I don't know how you measure it. Huh. Um, and she checked it out also because she also listens at yeah. like 2X. And that that impacts your workout. That's not That's not healthy for life to always have an elevated heart rate. So I actually slowed down. That like was a wake up call. Like maybe we don't have to do everything at like this 100 X, you know, efficiency. Yeah. So I stopped listening to podcasts while I'm working out, like completely, not just one X. I'm trying to listen more to like music or watch a show that Mm -hmm. I could get drawn into the story and just like kind of relax and unwind. Yeah. So now my focus is more on impact and outcomes rather than like hyper efficiency and productivity. Can you say that again? My my focus is more on impact and outcomes. More, on more impact than and outcomes. More than like hyper efficiency. Mm, nice. Love it. And um, and do you feel now more calm, more happy when you're like that? When you Yes, a hundred percent. And and by doing that and, and saying that like my health also like coupled with taking care of my health, I, I feel better most of the time. Got it. Okay. And how, how often do you exercise by the way? Four or five days a week. Mm. And I try to be active every day also. So I live five flights up. I take the stairs if I'm by myself. Okay. Nice. And, and in so terms of like, like what, what's your uh, go-to exercise? So we have an elliptical, but I'm trying to get a, a treadmill. My wife doesn't like a treadmill and uh, I've been using elliptical also just outside, you know, walking or, or jogging. Yeah is the main thing. Try to do some weights, um, strength training mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, core yoga, no, right. try not trying to set any records, just trying to be healthy and, and, yeah. you know, do what the doctor wants. I <laughs> do what the doctor. No, cool. Cool. No, it's awesome. Man. And, um, and let me take you into spirituality for a second. Where does spirituality play a role in your life when it comes to, you know, productivity? How, how do they, how do they coexist? Um, I mean, I, I have all the things that I have to do as, as a religious uh, Jew. I, you know, I pray three times a day. I, I study, you know, Torah and I learn with my, my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Shabbat, of course, is a full like um, seventh of the week, maybe, maybe even more really because the getting ready for Shabbat and then after Shabbat is a solid day and a half of like focused on, on that spiritual endeavor. Um, so it's, it's a massive part of, of my life. I think, um, that underlies my values, um, underlies our family. So that's, that's like the basis of all of it. That's the foundation. Yeah. And how was prayer? Can you teach me? Like one, one of the things that I'm all right. So I had a discussion with a friend, right. And we were like, um, one of the things that everybody now knows how to do is meditation. But one of the things that people don't know how to do is pray. And I think that people are now getting more into prayer than ever. That's just an assumption of mine. And by the way, if you guys are listening to the podcast and like, you're like, Sagi, that's right. Like I've been thinking about how to pray. I don't know about you. I've been, I've been like for, um, I think for the past two, three years, I've been like, kind of like into like, I wonder how I can pray. And I wonder how prayers differ from from affirmations or anything like that, because in prayer, you have a more spiritual connection to God kind of 
or source or universe, whatever kind of, you know, thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, what's the structure of a prayer? And according to, I mean, so that's a good question. I mean, there, there, that's like a massive subject on its own. Uh, first of all, I, I do like meditation. I read 10% happier, which I really loved. And um, I think meditation and mindfulness is, is important as well. And mindfulness during prayer is also important. People sometimes use it as a chance to like zone out. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer is something that I'm, I'm trying to work on more. I think it's important to work on it. I think that the the core lesson maybe I'll give it is um, a lot of people think of prayer as like a shopping list. God, give me this, give me that. I want my kids perfect. I want my wife perfect. I want to have a billion dollars and drive a fancy car. Thanks God. Peace out. And they expect like, you know, life to give them what they ask. And then if it doesn't, they're upset. That that's not prayer though. There, the word for prayer in, in Hebrew, what, what is it? Sagi? Tfila. Tfila. So to be mitzpalel, um, the word palal is similar to, to balal. The balal is what? Balal. Balal. Maybe it's old Hebrew. Maybe. So so it's 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 to like mix into something. So ah, okay, okay. Balal. Like blila. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So to blend palal, in or to no, so to. Yeah, to blend in exactly. Yeah. Okay. So palal in Hebrew mitzpalel is to like internalize, and and uh, I think the key to prayer is to is to internalize what's happening around you, to internalize God's message, to internalize His presence, and and, and to just to accept what you're given, and and to think about it, and and to be present. That that's the mindfulness, I guess. Yeah. And if you can accept what the life is giving you, you can start to appreciate it. Yeah. So how does um, how does a prayer look like? Because I know you pray three times a day, but you also um, I don't know if you're you probably pray also before you drink water or eat something, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So there's like Borota Donai um, What is it like uh, providing the, uh, the the loaf of bread or something? Yeah. So no. So so yeah. There's a there's a blessing you say before food and after food. Um, there's like a famous saying that like, you know, everybody prays before they eat, but then, you know, do you remember to pray after you would also like when you're full? So, um, it, it, again, the source, the, actually the, the blessing is not really a blessing. It's, it's recognizing the source of blessing. That's what the, the blessing is that you say on the food is you're recognizing the source where that's gratitude one-on-one. Exactly. It's all gratitude. And yeah. I think maybe that's the key to, to prayer in all, in all of it is just gratitude and, yeah. and presence and, and acceptance. Yeah, I love that. Do you, what's the prayer look like the three times a day prayer? Like what's, um, I know like, and I'm, I'm definitely a, a failure as a, as a Jew, <laughs> but I, you know, obviously it's not being a religious Jew. Uh, what is the, what are the prayers made of the three types of religious prayer prayers? So this podcast is taking a funny turn, but I'm happy to share. Um, so, so there's the Amidah, which is the main, the main component of, of all the prayer and, and the three times a day prayer, if you will, there's stuff you say before it and there's stuff you say after it, but the, the part where you're standing still and you, and you pray silently, that's, that's called the Amidah. Mm-hmm. And that the structure also starts with gratitude, really. Um, mm-hmm. It starts with gratitude uh, to God and, and recognizing the blessing that he's given, then there's like, you ask for the things that you want, but then there's also saying how we don't deserve any of it. Thank you for all of it. Um, mm. And then, you know, again, recognizing, you know, God's greatness. And that that's, again, that's the, the tefillah. It's like the structure of that tefillah overall. And there's like a, there's 18 
different blessings within that one Amida, which it only takes a few minutes just to do that. But then there's the things you say before all that and then after all of it. And we do that three times a day. Wow. <laughs> and how, how much does it take? How much time? Like each one. So I guess per day, it's about an hour or so, um, mm-hmm. give or take. Wow. There's like the morning, which is generally 30 to 45 minutes. Wow. And then there's uh, the afternoon and then evening. Each one is like 15, 10 to 20 minutes each, I guess. That's a productivity killer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's like, would you cut out, would you cut out your um, exercise or would you cut out your meditation? Like those are things that, that impact and improve your life and, and no, definitely, definitely. You no, just focus kidding. and strength. So no, no, so I'm saying it's important that like when you talk about hyper efficiency, yeah, you could say it's, it's taking away your productivity, but if you're focused, if you're trying to create a whole you that's productive and and happy with life i think that spirituality is important yeah i'm 100 you know that's why i took it took you said like this podcast taking a turn it's not <laughs> it, it's the thing is about like i always say entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey i think also entrepreneurship and parenting is the, the most spiritual journey that you can have like in life you're faced with reality in your face you have to face so much adversity and when you do that um, you grow and, but you can do that like with suffering, with a lot of suffering, but you can also do that with finding happiness, but there's so many traps like the productivity trap, right? Like the to-do list trap, the zero inbox trap, like so many things that are just like not really working and not really like helping you in this life. But you also have like just 4,000 weeks in this life to live and what you're going to do about it. Like that. So, so being the, like understanding, and that's like a realization. I think it's like wisdom that comes from it's ancient wisdom to say, Hey, I'm stopping three times a day. You know, I'm just exactly, you know, I'm being present three times a day and I'm and I'm praying and I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you for every sip of water and I'm saying thank you for every, you know, put piece of uh food that I put into my mouth. And so it's I think mindfulness, yeah. Yeah, it's mindfulness, it's gratitude, it's all those things that actually are creating the life of happiness that, you know, people are looking for. Um, and that's something I, I, that's really something I admire about the Jewish religion. Obviously I'm not coming from a religious household. My father was, uh, my uh, grandfather was uh, religious. So that's why I'm like, you know, I saw his spirituality. He was like the, everybody like respected him so much. And, you know, like even before his death, like we we're just like, this is the greatest grandfather ever. Like, you know, and he's like barely talking. <laughs> he was, he was yeah. barely talking. It was just like, you know, you, but you see him. He's so there and he's so present. And when he's with you and talking to you, he's like, you know, you, you see that he cares and he's listening actively. And, um, and yeah, and my, and my grandmother, um, you know, even before he died, uh, he had cancer. So like he died like, a couple of years ago from cancer. And, and before Sorry. he died, it's like, no, it's okay. Like, so um, before he died, he, um, my grandmother told us that every day, and that was been for years, um, he's been reading, he's been praying and also, and then reading and praying for each one of us, each one of the grandkids and each one of his uh, daughters separately, um, going through the entire family. And that takes about like 20 minutes alone, just going through the entire family and blessing everyone. And I'm like wow. 20 minutes every day just to go through everybody's. And I'm like, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, it takes a, sometimes doing those kind of things, you know, it, um, there's something karmatic about it. I really believe that his blessings in a spiritual sense had an effect on us. Um, and, and I think blessings do have 
their spiritual way and, and nothing in this world is just material. Um, I so that's I, something interesting, by the way, about like, like entrepreneurship is kind of like a religion. I think that when you're trying to build a company and, and you're trying to build your baseline values, your culture as a company, and, and you're working towards a mission that is, that is really religion. You know, when, when you're mission driven, you're, you're, you're after a goal that's much greater than, than just code and invoices, you know, it's, mm -hmm. It's it's something that's impactful and meaningful and drives you. It's it's that that's totally this religion. Make your yeah. make your company, make your team a like religious experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, in a way, yeah. It's the culture is you know you can you can mix culture, tradition, religion, like you know everything mixes up. But I think in a sense, what we understand as entrepreneurs and it's, it's what you said, you and that's something I understood only in the past. Um, I think like since I started 75 hard, 75 hard, I did not work for like three hours a day because I, you know, I worked on 75 hard three hours a day. It was kind of work, you know, it's like two workouts, the reading the book, like everything around it. Like uh, when you work out, you take a shower after it takes like three hours a day. Right. And like, I, I felt at the beginning, like it's taking away from my productivity, from my go, go, go mentality. Like, oh my God, I got to get this done, that done. I have so much to do. And then I was complaining about it. But then I noticed something interesting. I noticed my business is growing. And like, what's going on? How is it that I'm working less, but my business is growing? And it's because I understood that once you go in, is only when the external things start being attracted to you, you know? So, I mean, that's built in in religion, you know, by the book, would you say? Yeah, <laughs> so, right. so true. <laughs> and, 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 and I discovered it like by doing these things. And, um, and I think, again, that's why I, I say it's a spiritual journey. It's like, it's not religion, but it's 100% spiritual um, to understand those kind of things that at the beginning, you're like, go, go, go. You're only material, right? You just get, take things off your to-do list. That's the first thing you do as an entrepreneur. You're trying to monetize like crazy. You're trying to work your ass off. You're trying to hustle, right? Hustle, hustle. Like, that's what you know. And you listen to all these podcasts and all these podcasts have tactics and all like that. And that's what you go. You go at it 100% and you try to be productive. And then you find out that actually your productivity is lacking. And because you're trying to be productive, you're over consuming information. And that information yep. is causing your the gears in your mind to just like be stuck and be stuck. Not only be stuck, that to raise smoke that fills up your headspace. You just can't really think clearly. And then yeah. you're like, you're stuck. Um, and then the only thing, the only way to do anything to, to get done is just to stop. So totally. Right. And actually that's, that's one of the beauties of working from home is that when I feel like I'm in a place where like, I got to clear my head, like I'm working, I'm trying to work through a problem, but like, I'm not going to sit at my desk just like staring at the monitor. So I'll get up and I'll cook dinner. <laughs> I'll sweep the floor, do some laundry, like doing those, those tasks it helps the family. It impacts the family in a positive way, but it also clears out my head and lets me solve problems faster. So I'm still working, even <laughs> though I'm doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, I, I just, there's something that um, I am really, you know, I'm really trying to now elevate my spiritual practices in order to be more successful as an entrepreneur. It's just awesome. like that. And, and when I do that, I find out that I'm more successful. Um, so yeah, um, regarding, and by the way, when I say spiritual practices, I also mean like building the character, right? Like you build your character, you, yeah. I think 
um, I don't remember who called you at. You said someone said, uh, Tevi is mensch. He's a mensch. Like, <laughs> was it on the call with your son or something? I don't those guys that were on the call are like, Tevi oh. the mensch is raising the kids <laughs> the same way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think like being a mensch just means like someone of integrity, right? Of the character of integrity. Someone who's like worked on his character that has, um, calm and also self-confidence coming out of just knowing he's in alignment with his own values. And that's exactly like, I think the, the journey, like that's, you know, once you go in, work on yourself, chisel away, um, you, you create your character and you, and you find yourself. And, yeah. Um, Thank so you. regarding that, I want to ask you, <laughs> I'm just switching topics like crazy, but, but you said you're doing laundry and you're doing like all these kind of things. Um, <laughs> Tevi, is your house a mess or is it very clean most of the time? Right now, it's probably a little messy. <laughs> when you say messy, is like normal people messy or is it like, you know, really messy? Like, or, or is it like in Tevi's world, messy is like a few I, I don't toys have no idea. My, my wife has very high standards of cleanliness and she always um, teaches me the correct way to, to clean things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, okay, great. I think that's a good thing. So my wife is as a high standard of cleanliness, but I don't, I mean, I'm, because I'm a crazy creative, remember? So I'm like, I'm messy. I can, I can, um, yesterday I noticed, I, I try, I start noticing these kind of things. Yesterday I came back home like pretty late because I had the final hand in for my, uh, design class. And, um, and I came home at about like, I don't know, 11, even midnight, it was midnight, like what, almost midnight when I came back home as I soon as I, walk in the door my daughter that one and a half year old starts crying and my wife was uh she fell asleep on the sofa she was like okay I'll, I'll go for her like i'll so as soon as i came home i took my jacket off and i threw it on the floor on the way to her room just because i just didn't have where to put it i was like hurrying to to her and i threw it on the floor and then i'm like i didn't pick it up on <laughs> the way out i forgot it was there i was like and then th- this morning i'm like waking up i walk out the room and i'm like shit the jacket <laughs> and and yeah yeah so i'm i'm messy in that way how do you handle um or what what are your tips for being more um clean around the house and also um how do you handle chores along with your work um well as i mentioned before i like to do chores while i work which which is a nice productivity bonus um i'm, I'm still working on on both being cleaner but also letting go a little bit my wife and i like joke she's more like Monica from friends. If you're familiar, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm more like Chandler. <laughs> I, I don't throw my jacket on the floor. It's actually a pet peeve when people do that. I, I don't like when the kids do that, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have a tip. I, my wife and I were once at a friend's house and, and it became clear that the husband was OCD hmm. and like very clearly. And we left and we both like, like we, we appreciated the way their house was so clean and organized. You feel when your place is clean, you feel more relaxed and more ease. When everything's a right. mess, it's hard to think. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to discount anyone's struggle. Uh, of course, like hundred percent for, for it might be a struggle for him. I don't know. Um, I see it as meticulous. Someone to try to, you know, achieve that level of perfection in many ways, but um, I don't know. It's like, it's like a balance. You don't want to be too meticulous. Then it does impact your, your life negatively. But I think that when you're, when your place is, is clean and organized and neat, you're able to think more organized and, and neater. 
I don't really have any other tips though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for, I'll give you one tip I heard once that kind of helped. So whenever you're walking around from one place in their apartment to another, uh, that was from uh, Leo Balbuta. This guy is like productivity, like master. So he's, um, he's, he has this book called Zen Habits or something. Anyways, he said, whenever you're walking from one side of the apartment to the other, pick up a toy, anything. Just pick, you know, one toy up or one piece of clothing for the, from the kids or, or something. Just pick it up. Um, get that habit of like picking up even one thing at a time. And you'll see that in no time you become like, you know, your house becomes much cleaner and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to, to, to work on that. Anyways. Uh, yeah, completely different topic. Um, I I'm just switching topics freely here. Um, so finally, just to, to sum it up, you know, to sum everything we were talking about connecting spirituality with, um, parenting with values. Uh, what are your final tips um you know what not tips sorry what are your let's go into your like what are your the things that you know you've tried and kind of worked for you in parenting um or you know in in parenting for entrepreneurship i think the biggest thing like i've, I've thought about this deeply for years and and where i am now and this might change in the future is like your kids are still kids and your goal is to help them start life in a, in a positive and successful way, prepared to be successful. They're not going to be successful when they start. So mm. you want them to be interested. You want them to be curious. You want them to have a baseline of knowledge. But if I look back like at my life, like what I learned, I learned much more as an adult than as a kid. And I, and I right. don't know, like, like what I learned at 12 years old, is that what, you know, gave me the, the expertise that I have now. No, I, I had to get inspired and curious at 12 years old. So at some point we have to like back off a little bit and we want them to learn stuff, but it should be more like give them the tools and inspire them as opposed to make sure that they know everything. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely important to work on curiosity, I think, and creativity. It's like the most important thing ever. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing we didn't talk about actually, that is the screen time thing. What's your screen time? Uh, no, I, I know you have like yeah. a limited screen time kind of, uh, yeah, regime. <laughs> well, corona, corona blew it up. I mean, Corona made it hard. We had to buy more devices so everyone could be, you know, on their classes and stuff. Um, it made it very hard to, to control that. But we we have like, um, I use Windows and, and there's like ways you can set up policies for your kids to have a limited amount of time. Mm. per day per week yep. only specific hours they have to request time um so we we don't we don't let them have every day there is a tablet that's like always on by the by the piano which is what they use for um joy tunes to, to learn yep. piano but that's cool. not used for anything else um so we really just try to limit it and whenever they're going on i'm like so what are you gonna what are you gonna do on the computer now what do you what do you want to use the screen for now and there always has to be something that they start with mm -hmm. that they're they're learning about investing they're, they're learning about how to write code they're they're doing something productive or they're learning something interesting um before they're gonna play whatever game that they're gonna play got it and they don't watch youtube or anything like that they do some youtube um we limit which which uh channels that they watch yeah <laughs> how do you limit the channels so it's not i mean it's it's like we just say what they're allowed to watch. And if they want to watch a different creator, they'll, they'll ask. Got it. Um, it's not, it's not like too heavy handed on that part, but um, 
you know, we discuss it and we try to limit it yeah. again try to keep them, try to keep them curious. It's more about, about developing curiosity more than like dopamine hit. I'm not trying to like take away all freedom. Cause I think that having some freedom is important to develop curiosity, mm-hmm. but also if it's, if it's more like, you know, just something that's entertaining with no other value to it, then it's not something that we're interested in. Then it's just a dopamine hit that'll get them hooked on all the social media stuff. That's just so damaging to, to everybody. Not just kids, it's damaging to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely a thing here. We have a struggle with my uh, son watching, he's watching YouTube shorts and he's like, uh, really into this figure who's like, um, it's called like fat TV. And this guy's like, just like, uh, <laughs> just a fat guy, a Russian, uh, <laughs> a fat Russian dressing up as uh, different superheroes. Like, and he's playing all the heroes at once kind of, and okay. they're like killing each other all the time. I'm like, that's violence. And that's, you know, but it's, it's humor. Like, I know I get it. It's funny. It's, you know, and he makes these funny noises and I guess why, I guess I know why it's interesting to my son. Um, but I'm like, at one point I'm like, dude you're watching junk right there that's that's not good for you you know like it, it has no value and i can't say it has no value for him it has the most value like it's entertaining you can watch it for hours so it's shorts and just like just swiping watching more and i'm like i, I wish we, I could we discussed we discussed that algorithmic stuff you know being a product manager and i understand all the product and ux tricks to get people to to stay sucked in (laughs) so i I literally like sat down with with the kids and like said hey what what you just did there they made you swipe they made you swipe up and they made you do it like six times someone's manipulating you did you know that and like we we talked about it and i still like they designed these on purpose to hook you and it gives you a little dopamine burst every time you swipe, but they made you swipe. And, and so talking about it from that perspective, I think mm. they thought about it a little bit more. So yeah. instead of saying you can't watch those, I said, you should know someone's manipulating you and they're trying to give you those dopamine bursts. And you should really think if like, is that what you want <laughs> to control you? <laughs> Interesting. And you said like that with that donation, I think it makes a lot of sense. I literally said we said it like that, and my my oldest is like, "Oh, you're right. I don't want that at all." He was he was very like grossed out by the whole idea. Um, <laughs> no. My second one doesn't seem to care too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny. I mean, have you have you read Never Split the Difference? Yeah, it's the most amazing way to to get your kids to do stuff they don't want to do. <laughs> I, just, I just it's like how to deal with terrorists, right? Like for my son, it's one on one. It just <laughs> I, it's, instead of just being angry, you're just like, so you say you don't want to pick up and you don't want to clean up after that, you know, uh, glass of juice that you just spilled all over the floor. You said, don't want to clean it up. Like, no, like, no, you say, <laughs> it's like, no, like, all right. Didn't say yes. You're yeah. upset and you don't want to pick it up. <laughs> and and it, 30 seconds, he cleaned up the whole thing. It was amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm a hostage negotiator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dealing with terrorists, man. Uh, no, just, just no, it's awesome being a dad, I think. And, um, and Debbie, thank you so much. Um, do you have any more things, any more tips, any more recommendations for books, resources, um, you know, routines that you have that are successful for you? Anything that you would like to mention that we haven't mentioned on the show? Not that I can't bring um, you on again, but you know, it is something that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, a book I read recently, which was really fascinating, given the light of everything happening in Russia, it was Red Notice, which was about Bill Browder when he started up Hermitage Capital after the fall of the USSR. So I read it before mm. the war. Uh-huh. And then wow. after Russia's invasion, it was like, wow, like he was so right. Like he called out where Russia was headed. Um, so that was just a fascinating take on. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So what's the next situation. step with Russia? He didn't predict that. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but it was just fascinating. He went into Russia for, you know, investment purposes and he found like amazing value there and he tried to get rid of a lot of the corruption. Um, but in some ways he kind of gave power to Putin and in, in, by getting rid of some of his economic enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not that he's to blame, but it's just, it was interesting yeah. how he like spotted the, this corruption and like, tried to get rid of it until he got up to Putin where and Putin did not like that. So wow. that was the red notice. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah, man. Um, I hope the world will go into a better place right now. It seems like everything is going crazy here in Israel with the acts of terrorism and war in Ukraine and COVID hitting all of the, all over the world again, economic situation. Um, so my tip but- actually is really just, uh, you know, maybe lay off the news. We, we can only control what we can control. And I think when you, when you put all this stuff in your head that you can't control, that's what causes anxiety and stress. And mm-hmm. all that stuff is terrible. And I hope, I, I hope and pray that, that things get resolved and, and we can live in a peaceful world, but um, also be careful how much you consume that, that affects your anxiety. That's something that definitely a lot of people on the show mentioned, have mentioned. Um, also Eric Allen was like the previous guest. It's like, right it doesn't watch the news right like and and um yeah it's it's just a repeating kind of factor guys if you're successful and you want to be successful just you know just don't watch the news um yeah. because it, because at the end of the day you know control your own space that you can control like or don't exactly. you can't control anything but you know be in your space of uh impact you know and and we can't like really you know be in your space of impact i mean and then yeah like regarding like doing things for what's going on in Ukraine, you know, you can volunteer um, anywhere yeah. or you can donate, but yeah, don't, don't just watch the news all the time. It's just like as a consumer, be not a consumer, but um, a creator or yeah. Right. All right. Cool. Tevi, bro. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Just right talking to you about everything, getting the chance to also hang out for like a, an hour and so, and going over like, you know, so many topics that was just fun. And, um, guys, if you're listening to the show right now, because this is like the first time, uh, where I had a longer kind of show. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I said the next ones are just going to be longer talking to uh current entrepreneurs or people that have, um, what to contribute to us as, you know, father entrepreneurs and, um, and just talking about all the topics that interest me, because I think they would interest you guys as well. Um, Otherwise, you won't be listening to the show, right? But let me know what you think. Uh, if you like this conversation, feel free to tag us. Tevi, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter, um, at Tevi, H-T-E-V-I-H, or my website, which is linked on Twitter. So really just Twitter. Okay, um, cool. Cool. I'll, I'll, link, I'll link to, obviously, your Twitter, and you guys could find Tevi there. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Tevi. All right, thank you for having awesome. me on. So grateful. Have a good one.